Hey, good morning and welcome to King's Church. My name is Dylan and we are thrilled that you are joining us this morning. And I cannot wait for next Sunday, Easter Sunday, when we launch King's Church. If you haven't already, make sure you've got it on your calendar, 8, 9.30, 11 a.m. And literally invite everyone you know. It's amazing to me how a dream becomes reality. Over a year ago, my wife and I were dreaming in St. Louis about what God would do here in Kansas City. And now for it to be happening. I just want to encourage us. Let's believe God. Let's expect Him to do more than we could ever ask or imagine. And let's be praying into this launch Sunday. Also, as a way of reminder, uh, today is Launch Commitment Sunday. So uh, if you have not yet turned in your launch resource initiative cards. We would love for you to do that today and also to give your initial offering towards the launch resource initiative. It's amazing already what God is doing, how much generosity is flowing uh, into and out of this church, and just want to encourage you to participate and jump in on that. You can do so through the launch commitment card online, which the host is dropping in the chat, and you can give online as well. Just make sure you check the box, launch resource initiative, so that all of those dollars go towards that cause. Uh, We had an incredible time of prayer last night. For those of you who were there, thank you so much for praying. For those of you who prayed at home, thank you for praying. I really believe these nights of prayer, these times of prayer, are laying the foundation and preparing the ground for what God wants to do in and through King's Church now and for years to come. Also, I want to invite you this Saturday, 5 o'clock, be there in person, prayer gathering at King's Church. We would love to have you. This is going to be a night to remember. It's going to be a night that we look back on for years and say, man, I remember the night that we celebrated what God was going to do on launch Sunday. I remember that night when we prayed that God would do the impossible, and man, have we seen him do it. So I want to encourage you to be there at 5 o'clock. If you can't be there in person or maybe you're not ready to be in person, I would just encourage you to take that time, 5 to 6.30 on Saturday night, and commit yourself to prayer. Gather with us in prayer, even from your home. Well, hey, what I want to talk to you about this morning is actually a message God put on my heart a few weeks back for this Sunday, the week before Easter. And, uh, you know, I, the way life works, there are moments that come and go. There are opportunities that come and go. And we have the opportunity to leverage those moments, to step into those opportunities, or to miss those moments. And I do not want us to miss this moment as we lead towards Easter Sunday and Launch Sunday. And so what I want to talk to you about today is the power, the power of an invitation And let me just say, invitations are powerful. Invitations have an astronomical impact on our life. I would maybe go so far as to say, invitations affect the trajectory of our life maybe more than anything else. And you may be saying, Dylan, I don't believe that. Like, that's a little bit of an overstatement, don't you think? And uh, actually, when I said that to myself earlier this week in preparing for this message, I had the same thought. I thought, man, Dylan, that's, that's a bit of an exaggeration. Let's not go there. But the more I dwelt on it, I thought, no, that that may actually be true, that invitations impact the trajectory of our life maybe more than anything else. I mean, think about it. I'm standing here today because of a series of invitations. My sister was invited to study architecture at Kansas State University, and she accepted that invitation. She was then invited by some Christians to study the Bible, and she accepted that invitation. She was invited by those same Christians to call upon Jesus as her Savior, and she accepted that invitation. She then began praying for me, and a friend that I worked with and a friend in my school both began inviting me to their churches, I believe because of my sister's prayers. And at first, I said no to those invitations. And when I did, I immediately wanted them to invite me again. And for three months, I waited for another invitation. 
which eventually I said yes to. And as I attended this church, the preacher began to make invitations to receive Christ, which eventually I accepted. About the same time, my wife was attending a church that a few years prior, someone had invited her to. And she had been invited to rededicate her life to Christ. And she had been invited to express that dedication and baptism. And she accepted those invitations. At nine, actually ten years ago, I took my wife out to pizza. And I invited her to begin a relationship with me. Nine years ago, we made our vows. And we invited one another to spend a life together. Invitations have impacted the trajectory of my life. Invitations have led me to where I am today. And many of us, where we live, where we work, the friends we have, we have because of an invitation, because someone invited us. And sure, maybe we applied for the job, but they made the final offer. And whether it be celebrations of life or birthday parties, weddings, graduations, or or gatherings to grieve, such as a funeral, invitations are at the center of how our life works. In Isaiah chapter 55, we see that invitations are at the center of how God works with us. God invites us Isaiah chapter 55, to sit at his table. I just want to read it to you. Come, God says, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Jesus invited the first disciples to follow him and be transformed by him. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Here in Isaiah 55, God is saying, come, Humanity, come. You're thirsty for life. You long for joy. You want hope and peace and freedom. You, you want spiritual nourishment. Come, God says, I have prepared my table. Everything is ready. The invitation is extended to you. Just come. You don't have to pay for it. You, you can't pay for your salvation. You can't pay for your sins. You can't become good enough for God. No, no. Jesus paid it all on the cross. And here in Isaiah, God says, come. This is the great invitation. This is the invitation that if you're in Christ, you've received it. And if you're in Christ, you make this invitation to other people. I want to camp out in a little while for John chapter, in John chapter 1, verse 37 to 49, because I see a series of incredible invitations in this passage. John chapter 1, verse 37 to 39. The two disciples heard him say this, referring to John, speaking about Jesus. And these two disciples followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following him and said to them, what are you seeking? And they said to him, rabbi, which means teacher. They didn't yet understand who he was. And they asked him, where are you staying? And Jesus responds with an invitation. He said to them, come and you will see. Come and you will see. Jesus invites the two disciples to come and see. I just want to say to you right now, as we're preparing for launch Sunday, Easter Sunday, there's an opportunity before us to say to people, come and see Jesus. Come and see what God has done. Come and see this resurrection life, this this eternal hope for yourself. Come and see. I want to encourage you, begin writing some names down during this sermon of people that you want to extend the invitation this week to come and see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. So you can follow the story here, follow the name. So Andrew was one, and he first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. So check this, Andrew found Jesus and became a follower of Jesus. 
And then his immediate response is to find his brother Simon and bring him to Jesus. Let me say this. There are people in your life, Christ follower, that God has put you in their life so that you can be the person who brings them to Jesus. You can, you can come to them and say, hey, come with me as I follow him. Come with me as I go to church this Sunday. Come with me as I hear about the hope of Jesus. Andrew found his brother Simon and brought him to Jesus. You can bring some people to Jesus this week. I, I, listen, I want you to be distracted in church this week. I want you to have your phone out, taking notes of people you can invite. I want you getting that sheet of paper out and just writing down name after name after name after name. Who are the people around you that you can bring this Sunday? Family, friends, neighbors, coworkers. Listen, your Starbucks addiction, redeem it. Invite those baristas to come this Sunday. When you're shopping at Hy-Vee this week, wherever you are, invite those people. When you're at Costco buying, buying 10 rotisserie chickens for, for Easter Sunday or the huge ham, invite people. Invite, invite, invite. Bring some people with you. Begin writing some names down and then pick up the phone and begin sending those text messages and making those phone calls. Take 50 invite cards home with you. Listen, if you're online only right now and you haven't had a chance to get invite cards, listen, you can text me, you can call me, you can email the church. We will get those cards to you. We want to make it possible for you to bring some people this week. Let's go find some people like Andrew found his brother Simon and bring them to church this Easter. Let's bring them to see Jesus for themselves. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. Peter means rock. So Andrew brings Simon. Simon meets Jesus. Jesus changes his name. Jesus gives him a new identity, and Simon becomes Peter. Listen, when you become a Christian, you get a new life, but you also get a new identity. God changes you from the inside out, and that, that's actually what baptism is all about. Baptism is a declaration that Jesus has changed me, that my identity is no longer who I was, but my identity is now who I am in Christ. And if you're a follower of Jesus and you've not been baptized, I want to extend an invitation to you. This Sunday, Easter Sunday, it would be our honor and our joy to baptize you. Just let us know. Drop a message to the host in the chat and we will get you baptized. So Jesus calls Andrew, who invites, who brings Simon, and Simon, Peter, Simon becomes Peter. And the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. So Jesus invites Philip. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter, so that they have some connections. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So Philip becomes a follower of Jesus, and immediately he extends an invitation to Nathanael. You see a pattern in Scripture? Someone becomes a follower of Jesus, and immediately they begin inviting others. This is meant to be a pattern in our life. And I love the explicit things in the Bible. Like some things are explicit, like Jesus is Lord. The, the Bible's clear about that. Some things are implicit. Here, it doesn't even say that Philip became a Christian. It just says one moment Jesus invites him, and the next moment Philip is preaching the gospel to Nathaniel, inviting Nathaniel to come and meet Jesus for himself. And what I love is that Nathaniel, like the Bible doesn't hold any punches. Nathaniel is not as easily swayed as Philip. He's a skeptic. And you might have some skeptics in your life, some people who are like, man, get away from me with that Christianity stuff. Or like, man, don't, don't bring that up to me. Don't force religion on me. Don't, don't talk to me about that. Or, yeah, yeah, you're God. Okay, whatever. Like, that's for people who need a crutch. Or, yeah, how could you ever believe that? I, I love that the Bible shows us Nathaniel, who's a skeptic, who, who discredits the invitation by saying, nothing good comes out of Nazareth. Like, Philip, get real, bro. That's not, that's not a thing. 
you might meet some skeptics as you invite people this week. And what happens is, is amazing to me because Philip makes the invitation. Nathaniel asks a question intended to discredit the invitation. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And notice what Philip does. Notice he doesn't get into a theological debate. Notice he doesn't try and defend Nazareth. Notice he doesn't try and compel him that, no, Christ is the Savior. You've got to believe he, what he does is Philip said, okay, Nathaniel, just come and see. Like, hey, Nathaniel, what's the worst that could happen? Like, you don't like it or you, you prove yourself right? Okay, great. But just come and see. Before you discredit it, just come and see for yourself. Listen, not all evangelism is come and see evangelism, but come and see evangelism is good evangelism. And I can't stress this enough. There is so much power in the phrase, come and see. My prayer is that every one of you would have someone under your arm this Sunday. And it probably won't happen if you invite one person. If you invite one person, it's likely you won't have someone come with you. If you invite 10 people, it's possible that you might have someone come with you. If you invite 25, 50, 100 people, I, I can almost guarantee someone will come with you. Be like that man who went out and scattered seed. And he scattered the seed abundantly. He scattered it generously. And where the seed fell, that was up to God. If the seed gave growth, that was up to God. If the seed produced fruit, that was up to God. But the man just went out and scattered. Be like that man this week. Go out and just scatter seed and see what the Lord does. And I believe God will give you someone. I'm praying, I'm believing with you and for you that God will give you someone. But notice this, verse 47. It says, Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him. Nathanael's first response was to discredit the invitation, and, and Philip didn't give up on that. He, he made another invitation. He said, no, just come and see. And Nathanael kind of, okay, all right, I'll come towards him. I don't know if you've ever met anyone like this who kind of came towards Jesus. I had a friend, Mitch. He was a barista at Starbucks, and uh, Mitch and I, we, we saw each other every time I went in Starbucks. I did a lot of meetings in Starbucks, and that when I first met Mitch, he was an atheist, and I invited him to church and kind of had no interest. And we can, I continued to see him and continued to meet him and talk to him and befriend him. And we had some good conversations, but for the most part, he was kind of like this. And uh, Mitch, over time, just continued to make invitations and make invitations. Every time Easter and Christmas or a big series came out, I was inviting Mitch again. Eventually, five years in, Mitch comes once. But he kind of came towards Jesus. He was kind of like, I don't know about this. He was an atheist, remember? He said, I don't know about this, but I'll come. He comes and he heard some things that were offensive and we had a few conversations and I kind of felt like he stiff-armed me some more, but a few months in, he calls me and wants to talk about some of those things and we have this amazing conversation, but it doesn't really go anywhere. A few months later, he calls me again and says, hey Dylan, I want to talk, can we meet? So we meet up, first time we've ever met in person, got coffee and he tells me, Dylan, I committed my life to following Jesus. I'm a Christian now. He kind of came towards Jesus and when he did, Jesus changed his life. That's what happens to Nathaniel. Nathaniel comes toward Jesus. He kind of acts like he's not interested. And Philip doesn't quit. And, and when he meets Jesus, Jesus starts prophesying over Nathaniel and says of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is there is no deceit, which Nathaniel kind of liked. And Nathaniel said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Jesus reads his mail. He speaks directly to him. Listen, you can invite people, but you can't come up with enough arguments to convince them. But one touch from God, one encounter with the presence of Jesus changes everything because we're inviting people not to a service or a sermon. We're inviting them to a person. 
to come and see Jesus for themselves. And all of these things that we do, kids ministry and coffee and parking and greeting and the paint on the walls and the speakers and the sound, all of that stuff is just to set up an invitation, set up a meeting with this person and Jesus Christ. And that's what we do. When we invite them, we give them the opportunity to come and meet him for themselves. Nathaniel answered him. He said, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus changed Nathaniel's life, but Philip was the vessel. Philip was the one who bridged the gap from what Jesus wanted to do in his life to where Nathaniel was. Philip was the one who bridged that gap just by saying, come and see. Let me ask you this. Who are you inviting this week? I have so many more notes that I could share with you about maybe John chapter 4, the woman at the well, when Jesus invited her to drink from a well, a water that would never run dry, that would give her life forever. And she believed in him. And then she went into her town and she invited everyone in the town. And it says, some believed when they heard her story. Let me tell you this. If you're generous with your invitation and you tell the story of Jesus, some will believe just at your word. But others, it says, many more believed when they came and saw for themselves. Your invitation has power. I could tell you about Matthew chapter 22, the parable of the wedding feast, where Jesus kind of gives this parable similar to Isaiah 55, where he says, this king gave this wedding feast, and the, the fattened calf was there, and the music was pumping, and the wine was poured, and everything was ready, and the table was set, and all we need is people. At the wedding feast, and the king made his first invitations, and they all said no, and the king sent out his servants into the highways and the byways to compel them to come in. It's an urgent invitation. It's not a passive invitation. Hey, if you want to come, maybe. No, it's, it's an urgent invitation. This is a place for you. This, God wants to do something in your life. God loves you. You should come. It says to compel them to come in. Peter invited the crowd to repent and believed, and 3,000 were saved and added in one day. Every one of us was invited by someone. Someone, whether it was a Facebook ad or a preacher or something you saw on television or a personal invitation, every one of us was invited by someone. I want to tell you a few stories of people in King's Church. Tim was invited by Amy. Tim was an atheist and then a Buddhist. Amy took a risk. She didn't know if Tim would say yes. She probably thought he would say no. She took a risk and she extended the invitation to Tim. Tim's life was forever changed. Little did Amy know she'd end up marrying Tim. Amy was invited by the Evans family. Amy didn't know God. She was just a little girl. Tim and Amy, they're pillars in King's Church. They've ministered to dozens of people this year alone. You think the Evans, the family that invited Amy, you think they knew what would happen when they invited this little girl who was friends with their daughter to come to church with them? No, they didn't know. God did more than they could ever ask or imagine. An invitation is powerful. I could tell you about Manny, who I met outside of the grocery store, who was suffering a heroin withdrawal, who was addicted to heroin for 25 years. And I made a simple invitation to come to church, and I thought I'd never see him again. And Manny came to our church six months later because he was driving by our church building to deal with someone who didn't pay him for the drugs. And as he's driving by, he tells his buddy, you got to pull over. I got to go to this church. I met someone there a few months back, and I got to go. And he comes in, and I wasn't even there. He met one of our elders, and our elders led him to Christ and, and helped him to get baptized. And I watched his baptism video. The first time I had seen Manny since the first time I saw him. I watched his baptism video as he committed his life to Christ. There's power 
in an invitation. I can tell you about Abby's story. When we launched uh, another location of Jubilee in St. Louis, Jubilee Kirkwood, Abby was a part of that launch, just like we're getting ready to launch King's Church. And she took the opportunity, she took the moment seriously, and she leveraged the moment. She didn't let it pass her by. And Abby made a goal. She, she asked God to allow her to invite 100 people to their launch Sunday, 100 people, and she, she made 100 invitations. She had 37 people come on the launch Sunday, many of whom their lives were changed. They're still a part of the church to this day. There is power in an invitation. Let me ask you this. Who will you invite? Don't let this moment pass you by. Do not miss this opportunity. Leverage this moment. Step into this moment with all that you have. And I promise you, a week from now, eight days from now, you will be rejoicing at what God does. He will do more than you could ever ask or imagine. Take 90 seconds, write some names down, ask God to give you boldness, and then take a leap of faith this week. Pick up the phone, send the text message, post it to your social platform, hand the card to the barista, mail the card to a friend, whatever you have to do. Get the invitation out. Let us go out into the highways and byways and compel them to come in this Easter. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much for my friends who are watching this and the opportunity that you have put before us to launch King's Church and to see many come and meet Jesus, their Savior, their Lord, the Creator of all, to come and meet Him this Sunday, Easter Sunday. God, I'm expecting about what you will do. I know you've already written this day in history. And God, I pray you would do more than we could ever ask or imagine, that you would fill our hearts with boldness to invite person after person after person. I pray you'd help us as we're making our list Not to say, God, who do I have to invite? But God, who can I invite? And just to begin writing names and to say to you, Lord, who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? God, I pray we'd be like that woman in John chapter 4 who invited her entire town. May we be those who invite everyone we know. Everyone we know on social media. Everyone in our phone book. Everyone in our contact list. God, I pray would we be like that woman that We saw the Savior, and we couldn't help but tell the world about Him. God, I pray you'd give us boldness, that you would give us favor, like the early church had in Acts chapter 2, that we would have favor with God and with men, and that the Lord would add to our day, day by day, those who are being saved. God, I want to pray for anyone who's listening to this, that's under the sound of my voice, that doesn't know you yet. I pray that they would receive the great invitation of Jesus Christ to forgive their sins, to start a new life with Him. And if that's you, I want to encourage you right now to pray this prayer with me to receive Jesus Christ, the salvation that He offers. You can simply pray this prayer, Jesus, I believe that You are God's Son. I believe that You died for my sins and You rose from the dead and I want to commit my life to You. Please forgive me. Please give me a new life with you and please help me to spend the rest of my life following you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit that I might live the life you've called me to. In Jesus' name, amen.